Data don't lie. Data has no hierarchy. Data has no caste creed. It's the most secular thing you can always think of. <laughs> and uh, I think the person who used to take every decision by guts and instinct now is saying data is the only way to take decisions. Hi everyone, I'm Pankaj Mishra and you are listening to the Outliers podcast. It's a podcast, a series of conversations with outliers. I'm really excited to be sitting down with uh, Kishore Biani, an entrepreneur and founder of Future Group. A founder uh, I consider an outlier because uh, someone who has been through different cycles of incumbency and disruption over the years. A lot of people we, we speak with, they put a lot of value to this not just survival, but also, uh, you know, making a mark and go through different cycles of disruption. He clearly is someone who stands out. So that's that's why I think you are an outlier, Mr. Biani. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, this is my probably the first podcast in, in that sense. We must have done some podcast in the broadcast in our stores and our organization, but not to external people. So great to be here. Good. So uh, that makes you an outlier, clearly. Let us start from the start, Mr. Biani. Give us a sense of where you come from, because a lot of time people say that what you become today have their roots, maybe when you were growing up, you were, you know, childhood and so on. So give us a sense of where you come from. I come from South Mumbai, come from a trading family. My grandfather had moved to India from Rajasthan and we were textile traders. I went to a nearby school which was on my road only, maybe less than 100 meters, so I had not seen the world used to play in the building and uh, didn't know the world until I went out to college. So in a sense, learnt and discovered whatever I am and tried to introspect myself in my early days, what did I do? Maybe I, I was a sports person, used to play for 4-5 hours a day and used to play virtually everything, read a lot of comics. Richie Rich to Phantom to Amachindra Katas of the world to Archies, in a sense, then novels, and then business management books and Harvard Business Reviews. There, I still read a lot, pick up a subject and read something. So I think the it's been, I think I lately I've developed fascination of meeting people, understanding people. Maybe it was there earlier also, observing people, knowing more about them. I think every person tells you a story. So maybe I had a habit of reading stories. Now you are part of story yourself. <laughs> I think everybody has some story to say. Everyone in this world. How did uh, entrepreneurship happen? I think ignorance. I was probably a student of marketing in a sense. I used to love advertising. And uh, parents had a traditional textile business. So I never planned a career, to be very honest. I studied I studied weaving as a course. I did my CA entrance examination. I learned typing. My father thought I'll become a good typewriter. We don't need a typewriter and typist in our office. I can make some good chalans. I was a little educated in uh, in the family sense. We were not so educated, everybody around me. But uh, maybe I had other things in mind. Or So when I joined the family business, I created a line of fabric, which I started supplying to the garment industry. And that became popular because I created a fabric out of waste yarn. So somewhere some knowledge helped. Maybe then I discovered I'm always in a creation mode. I want to create something which millions want to enjoy. So I, uh, you know, I think I created, I put up a yarn unit, created some unique yarns, that time we were the first ones. So all my life I have done some creation. I created what you call the 
in my early days in my probably school days i used to do dandiya festival in the building that was the first time disco dandiya the concept maybe i thought i brought it i don't remember that but i think i brought it first time in india so maybe there is some creation element somewhere in my life which has happened with me one thing is idea and like you are saying you you've been you know an idea idea's idea. person yeah. yeah idea's person people also talk about your business acumen like your ability to get business right jo you know people say dhanda samajh mein aata hai what is the playbook there i think i believe everybody is telling you something it's your ability to listen to what the other person is saying it's so easy today my job is to understand you i'm meeting you for the first time so i love to interpret you i love to understand you i would love to understand what story you are saying or what story lies in you i think it's our job to keep on and our customer tells the story every day so whatever business i am in who is the ultimate consumer of that and what is he wanting from you i think they tell you a lot and we have to keep our eyes and ears open i don't think so that's business acumen that's very simple you have to know what you are doing and what you are the person who's going to consume whatever you are creating is telling you and i think if you keep your eyes and ears open you will get quite a few things right what happens when you get things wrong or aapke did it happen you have to introspect you have to introspect why it went wrong what didn't work and uh, so i had a very interesting uh, i made two movies so the first movie i got little bit attached i thought the music is good the story is fantastic everything is coming together well the hero is probably the best hero right now in town but first day first show the movie got decided so i wrote to myself don't get attached to what you create then i analyzed why it didn't do well everything was going right a lot of people like like the movie also but still it was not a box office success but then then i realized that five elements can make the planet earth but in movie you have to get 5000 elements right so every everywhere you have to get so many elements right so you sometimes you fail and failure is resultant of maybe your start was wrong in between you lost interest something you have missed you have not got some elements right and i think we introspect that hmm. we introspect every failure and somehow i enjoy failures in a way that we celebrate failures we laugh at our failures we laugh at our mistakes i think once you can laugh at a mistake it's really fun the organization loves it because there is no blame game and mistakes are bound to happen because i wrote once very early in my life i had a saying outside my office it was kept people who are asleep makes no mistake if you are awake you are going to take decision mistakes will happen and mistakes will continue to happen repeating a mistake is a problem clearly you learn from your failures and mistakes but you have also gone through different cycles of what people would call you know i mean you were a disruptor once yeah then then you would become an incumbent right so how do you shift through how do you make these transitions at least from tag i mean from outside point i think to survive i think media has created this word disruptor incumbent i don't look at it from that perspective i i believe we have to survive and we have to manage everything at the speed of change the change is going to happen you have to keep on managing things and when we called ourselves future group we are building scenarios and our scenario prediction has to be right because if you are building scenarios your job is to survive so that this in the new scenario you are going to be part of it and that's what we do so whether it's a incumbent or a disruptor i don't understand that term as much but when e-commerce came in we tried we were we launched future bazaar we did big bazaar direct we acquired five furniture we kept on trying so you can't miss on a trend so whether i missed on any trend probably we have attempted everything maybe we have not succeeded in quite a lot of things but we have tried a lot nobody can tell us ki you not try what's the key lesson mr biani from this whole e-commerce way you watched 
them come and then like you said you you tried yourself what stood out for you as a lesson i understood the business i understood the business of technologies i think uh, we have a, our own think tank in which we discuss what does technology do and three things came out clearly that technology does three things technology reduces space technology reduces time technology creates social interactions and technology can amplify anything and make you reach at a speed and scale which is very different so we changed our approach to technology how do we adopt technology to do all these things rather than doing something beyond that and i think after that after that data helped us in terms of understanding what should be our business and how will we use technology in our business so for us technology is not a disruptor technology is a part of life part of doing business and how we are going to use it to scale up our business to reduce space to increase velocity to create social interactions to create personalization i think that's where technology is now playing a big role with us how do you learn mr bihani and or how do you unlearn you know like i was discussing with someone i think we i use a famous term whenever i meet somebody i said uh, i say he is past the expiry date so i i am always very paranoid about being young <laughs> being relevant and able to converse with my children and to the younger generation in the language in which they understand i'm not a tech guy so it's not so easy but uh, till now i have kept pace are there things you have given up that you learned like unlearning also is something uh, uh, i have we have written for ourselves okay unlearning is more big uh, major job in future group we make people unlearn because unlearning is the most important thing but nothing is relevant what was relevant then is not relevant today and it will not be relevant tomorrow so we are always ready for the future and for that unlearning is i have unlearned so many things but i think the values which i have written down has been consistent rest all is subject to change from changing a brand positioning to changing the uh, the biggest thing when we started big bazaar if you look at our story it was all about creating a bazaar and the button brush effect and chaotic environments what we learned that this chaotic environment worked for 10 years but it won't work in the future people now want order people so we have to change we changed so i think nothing is permanent you know we are in fashion business where every season you have to change merchandise in a different way you have to bring in new styles new fashion we are in food business where people are consuming lot of different kinds of food so if you we have to understand the changing india the changing aspiration the changing understanding of indian consumers we produce 2 and 1/2 crore babies a year and we have more than 2 crore weddings in a sense 1 crore weddings every year so india is a very interesting country and 500 million people would be born post 2000 in the next 2 years so so this country is very very fascinating from all sides Mr. Bihani, you talked about survival. A lot of people in entrepreneurship also refer to survival as being a very important thing. You know, zinda rehna bahut zaruri hai. Take me through your uh, journey of survival in that sense, right? Mm. Through these things, uh, mm. e-commerce came, mm. something else, mm. and then so on. Mm. What is uh, what, what helps you survive? <laughs> <laughs> is this a few billion dollar question? No. <laughs> I think uh, survival is. I think I've I've introspected on this question, and survival for me is being relevant. If you are not relevant in our business, you won't survive. And we have been in this business for a long period of time, wherein we were not accepted in the industry. Firstly, now we are we have been part of the industry in some form of uh, thought leadership till now also after maybe twenty years also. So I think that survival. 
you get the first slot in any retail forums. So that's survival in a sense for 20 years. So that's. <laughs> so I think I always remember that uh, if the day you are not called, there you have not survived. So I think we have to work for it. Work for it unless you are not relevant. You are not contemporary. You are not connecting with your the new age consumers. I think uh, you have not survived. Yeah, we are meeting for the first time, but as a storyteller from outside, I used to watch and consume things that you've said. One of the things that struck me a few years ago when e-commerce happened, and, and somewhere uh, you got positioned as a critique of the business model or e-commerce in general, right? You almost like a po poster boy of uh, you know critiquing this e-commerce and all that. Uh, how how do you explain that, or or is it something which is misunderstood? What, what is that all about? I think I have been born in the physical era, in a sense. Digital era came in, pure online came in, we attempted also. And uh, we started working on understanding what is this animal called e-commerce. Because e-commerce has two distinct benefits. One is the assortment which it can give can be used in any physical store. And geographical reach can be anywhere. So it has two great advantages which nobody can ever dispute. But then we started going into the cost of doing business in India. And when we realize that you have to keep on acquiring a customer again and again. So there is a cost of acquisition of a customer. Then there is the discovery and the payment and the transaction and the commerce. There is a cost which is bloody high in this country. And then there is fulfillment. And in India besides fulfillment there is return also of 26 to 30% which comes in along with fulfillment. So there is reverse fulfillment. So the cost of doing business was going any retailer in India, e-commerce retailer is having a cost of more than 40% of doing a business. And no, no business gives this kind of margins when you are a marketplace. I am the, probably the only company in the country which has a margin or value chain play because I am a producer myself, manufacturer, brand owner, having our own supply chain, having your own distribution, own retail stores, own data. So my food value chain currently is 30-32%, I will go up to 45%. My fashion value chain is 60-65% which I manage. My home fashion chain will be around 35-55%. to 55%. So I'm managing a very interesting value chain and if I decide I want to do a cost, I want to, I, my new model is cost of acquiring a customer is zero, they pay me to become my member. My cost of discovery is neighborhood store, you can discover the product and I've created marketplaces so that they can buy anything what they want. And my cost of fulfillment is the lowest because I'm nearest to them and I have a supply chain which is 38 warehouses, I've created food grids, fashion grids and I response is supply chain. So I think I've created an ecosystem. And uh, let's see who wins. The customer ultimately will decide how they want to buy, how they want to, which brands they want to buy, with whom they want to buy. And I think if I am relevant enough and I am interesting enough and my story is liked by people, my consumers, they will remain with me. So ultimately, we, I learned it from the e-commerce way. You can't do this business. Pure online won't survive. It's a layer of technology or physical and the cost of doing business which will make business survive. So had I not done e-commerce, I would have never learned that. So that's why I have never been a critic of e-commerce. I am critic of the cost of doing e-commerce. You can't, you can't blame the idea which has come. I was a proponent of e-commerce. I started doing e-commerce. Suchabadar was probably started at the same time at Flipkart, maybe one month earlier or two months earlier. We have attempted doing big business. We have attempted doing, but I'm starting e-commerce back again. All online has been very successful with us. All our brands are now sold online. Thousand crore will be our online business. Uh, we are launching brandfactory.in which should be a, which is a very interesting launch. So I think the idea is great but how do I blend this idea into making it uh, 
operate at a lower cost is something which we are exploring. Much about startup ecosystem is about celebrating exits. <laughs> if you just look at e-commerce and the Flipkart story, right? And the Walmart, world's biggest retailer, comes home, acquires it and all that. Uh, people, people would say, ki, you know, the model is proven, right? I, I know people on the other side as well who say that it doesn't prove the model. It may no, be I don't. I, I believe uh, I believe everybody who is working here in any business which you create something where millions of customers are coming and you have created some value. So you can't take that away from anybody. So anybody, everybody who is operated in India has created some value. From that value, how do you ultimately manage the value chain, make money, something which they will discover. So there is nothing which they will not discover. So I believe a good entrepreneur will always find a way. Once he has the customer, once he has the product, once he has the technology, once he has some relationship with the customer, I think they will make a lot of money. Great cutting chai. <laughs> the, the, the other thing, when you talk about your beliefs, the things that you believe in, models and everything, it's almost like job of a, a godman or a prophet. <laughs> How do you make others believe in what you are doing, especially when you are going through these cycles? I think people... Overall, every, India is a land of seekers and I call it uh, Vakta and Shota. So there has to be somebody who has to listen to you and there has to be some speakers, speaker and listeners. I think in India, everybody is a good listener and people want leadership and people will follow you, people will believe in you. Unless if you believe in your people, if you trust them, if you give them what they want, people want a leader they want to follow. And uh, I have been lucky, I have been fortunate in having a great team who believes in you, who believes in everything which I say. Because most of the things I have said, people in the first instance don't believe me, but then they see that happening and they come and tell me, I didn't believe you that day, but now it's happening. So I think these stories float around in the market or in the organization that whatever I have said till now has happened. And. Uh, so I think that story keeps you going, that people are willing to follow you and a lot of people now follow us blindly. Whatever they say, they believe it will happen. What do you do with people or what, I mean, what do you think of people who don't believe or what do you do they with They won't survive in the organization. There are so many believers that they will kick them out. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. Nobody will be comfortable if you are not a believer in this organization. It's very difficult. You won't go out of the way to make them believe in something? I don't think so. I don't think so that works. I think, uh, I always believe there has to be so many people who have to be your propagator, your representative, in wherever there is a discussion happening and they will outnumber the people who are disbelievers or they will convert themselves or they will move out. You don't need to do that. I think we have, what, what you say, there are enough agents of God here, in a sense. <laughs> Not God, but the leader, I would say. If, if, if you were to start Future Group or Big Bazaar today, would it be any different from what we see? I wouldn't start. But I think I think the way we started because of ignorance. Once you know so much, it's very difficult to start. Ignorance allows you to do a lot of things. Now, we are not ignorant. Now, we make business plans. We have a scenario 1, 2, scenario 3. There are spreadsheets. There are discussions. There is consensus view. It's a very different world now. Mr. Vani, can you go a little deep into this? Because you said at the outset as well that you, ignorance led to entrepreneurship for you. Can you take me through it? I think if you know so much, I doubt a, a smart person can do business in a sense. If you look at today's startups, everybody is working on ideas which somebody else has done. 
it's all about who gets funded the most is successful in a way in broadly in broad sense i think business what we have done has been little different it's all about success with the consumer and in the journey managing a value chain and funding was funding is still not available to us in a sense because we are still a restricted entity who can that can't get funded so we i think we should have adopted a something called a theory of constraints which still exists today i think that today's entrepreneurs work with theory of abundance abundance of capital abundance of ideas you can execute whatever you want it's i think so for me that time ignorance was we didn't know anything what theory of constraint is what product is what funding is what strategy is so i think we made fabric it got chal gaya then we started making garments wo chal gaya somebody didn't there was a story about some i had created a whole range of trousers and the biggest one of the retailers in bandra who came to meet me ordered me only eight pieces that day and we had worked for three nights together to create a collection and that day i decided i have to do my own retail it should not depend so i think in journeys you will get lot of setbacks which will tell you to change your course and you kept on hearing i think the book alchemist reminds me that comes to my mind quite a lot that in your life you will get keep on getting signals you have to keep on acting on it so as an entrepreneur i think we have acted on the signals we got while doing something that was the journey of entrepreneurship you are also someone who is a very quintessential indian entrepreneur in that sense right uh one of the things is also about people say is about your understanding of indian consumer uh it's almost sometimes like uh, you know you're talking about a phantom <laughs> because so what is that i think i am andhome kana raja i am not great i think to understand india very difficult as a consumer so we try to understand india and interpret in our own way we have created our own way by opening a center of mimetics understanding what are the cultural replication which is happening understanding what is the societal change which is happening creating almanacs of communities trying to understand india we visit lot of small towns meet lot of people but to understand india is very very complex i i don't think so one can ever understand the idea of india the country of india it's a unique country 28 states seven major religion 6400 caste and sub caste 72 festivals i think it's endless it's a i think probably the most fascinating country in a sense the most heterogeneous market the most diverse market that makes it exciting and that makes it interesting so we try to we are a student of understanding india and we are very fascinated by whatever we learn in india and try to do something about it mr yani the role of luck in 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 your journey is or, or everyone every anyone right is it overrated underrated what it is i think luck has to be with you the day you need something you should get it that's luck sometimes you meet the right person on that day sometimes you meet the right investor on that day sometimes you have you have not made a movie called silsila little ahead of time so timing luck is very very important in sometimes you can time it sometimes you can plan it but i think serendipity this all thing comes together you have to keep on trying but you can plan for serendipity <laughs> it happens you have to believe in yourself things will happen they will keep happening there is a certain craziness to it right <laughs> but that's the fun how can life be so predictable also life is very interesting you have to you have to romanticize with your life you enjoy whatever comes your way so after doing business you become very philosophical as an entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> i was coming to that because it's like you talked about 
your journey from comics to business growth. But in that sense, you almost sound like a philosopher at some point in time. Like uh, any businessman who's seen different cycles, right? How do you balance philosophy? I, I, I with think. First, we used to work on information, then was knowledge. Now, after making so many mistakes, we, we call it wisdom. So, with wisdom comes uh, what you call spirituality and uh, philosophy. So, I think maybe age gets you there, maybe the mistakes have got you there, maybe the accumulation of so much of knowledge or wisdom, I think, gets you there. But I think philosophy makes you understand life and people in a very different way and that helps you in terms of doing business. Because you cut down a problem into a, the origin and the source and come down to something very basic. I think as an entrepreneur, if you're able to do that, things become very easy. Because we believe everybody is good. Now, not to remove all the negative energy along you. So I don't meet any person who disseminates negative energy. I don't spend more than four minutes with him. I judge it very fast. We want positive energy around us. We want to be positive throughout the day. We want to learn every day something. Otherwise, how do you sleep? I think this quest of learning, this quest of positive energy gets you going. And that's philosophy in a way. People also talk about entrepreneurship being a lonely journey. I don't think so. Yeah, mental health problems and so on. I don't so think on. so. Huh? Not at all. If you align with the rhythm of life, there is no reason why entrepreneurship is a lonely journey. The problem is when you think you are a great entrepreneur, then it's a lonely journey. I think we are all ordinary people trying to do something. And there are people around, you can interact with anybody. The problem is you start believing that I have a certain intellect, I have to deal with this kind of people. I don't think so. That's a challenge for us. But Mr. Biani, if, if, if anyone is always surrounded with believers, how do uh, you know when not to do something? I have a lot of detractors and critics. <laughs> my daughter is my huge, my daughters are my critics. My, I think we allow dissent in the organization to a great extent. Dissent is not viewed with a negative way. So we allow alternate views and we allow a lot of alternate thoughts in the organization. And I believe, I try to believe, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe we take alternate views into account. How do you know when you should not do something? So there are a lot of reasons to do something, right? I think there are, you get signals again. I'm asking that question, Mr. Every entrepreneur has some antenna somewhere and that keeps on giving you some signals. What is that for you? So I, I was, we have been working the last two years on technology driven business and data driven businesses. And we are, we are getting, we keep on getting signals. You keep on meeting that kind of people. You want to look at them. You want to read about them. And a lot of signals come to you. And a lot of signals are coming, hey, this will work, this will work, this will work. And a lot of signals come to you, okay, this might not work, this might not work. So I think it's for us to judge. And then you have to have a core group of people whom you can sounding boards and you can sound them out. This is the thought I'm working on. And there are enough signals you will get. So then how do you balance, so there is gut, entrepreneurial gut that people talk about, then data, which is evidence, right? How do you balance this and what happens to emotional uh, gut? I'll tell you an interesting story which happened with me three and a half, four years ago. I, maybe three, three and a half years ago. I, I met one of uh, a, a legendary investor who buys consumer companies and 100% and runs it very differently, very, very successful, large, large, international. And I had opportunity to spend a day with him. And while he was going, he came down from far off. While he was going, I asked him one question. How do I remove emotions and guts and instinct from my decision making? He said data. And from that day onward, I started working on data. And I think I have created the first organization in the country which is creating an entire business. It's called Tathas to data to business. I'm going to use data to do extra business. Exponentially 
five times, seven times of what I am doing through data. And uh, but that idea was seeded three and a half years ago by an entrepreneur. One word which changed our approach to business. Data don't lie. Data has no hierarchy. Data has no caste creed. It's the most secular thing you can always <laughs> think of. And uh, I think the person who used to take every decision by guts and instinct now is saying data is the only way to take decisions. That takes a lot of courage, but you, know, you have to let go a lot of things. We have let go everything. I think it's happening. The journey has started and we believe that might be the most exciting journey of our lives. On a more final note, what, what would be Kishore Biani's? Legacy. What would you like to be remembered? I don't like to be remembered. I don't understand the word called legacy or anything. I think it's our job to create a lot of things which millions have enjoyed and something which fails also you have to introspect why it has not worked. Celebrate failure, celebrate successes. I think legacy and all is something... I don't believe in succession. I don't believe in legacy personally. I don't know why. But uh, I think there is so much to do. And uh, something which word called legacy something which I have not I have thought I have introspected on the subject I have thought about it but I am not here to leave any legacy what does wealth mean to you or how has that changed over time I think uh, my father used to tell me that in my kundli in my horoscope there is something written that everybody around you with you will make wealth and you will never make wealth I still believe in that quite a lot so wealth is I don't I think for me success is millions enjoying what you create wealth is probably is an access to a lot of things which you would have not got otherwise. Nothing beyond that. I think wealth is an access to roaming the world. Wealth is an access to meeting a lot of people. Wealth is an access to experimenting with a lot of food, a lot of different lifestyles and products. Life, wealth is an experience to understand how rich people live also. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it's for learning for you in that sense. I think every day you are learning because... You learn something or the other every day from somebody. So maybe today I'll reflect back when I sleep in the night on what I've learned from you. <laughs> There's a lot to learn from you. Stay this way, Mr. Vyani. Godspeed and thank you so much for talking. Great, thank you.